and thank you for joining us for Be a Better Leader, where we are focused on how your leaders are a leverage point in this new world of work. Tips, practices, mindset shifts that they can utilize to be more effective and help your organization get the results it needs to get. My name is Jennifer Colosimo, and I am the president of our enterprise division at Franklin Covey. Today, I'm joined by Liz Wiseman, the CEO of the Wiseman Group and the best-selling author of Multipliers. Welcome, Liz. Oh, Dan, good to be here. You know. For those who don't know multipliers, we you talk about how to multiply the intelligence of the people that you work with, how to actually make the team members more effective in resolving problems and their abstract thinking and learning quickly. That requires a lot of self-awareness on the part of a leader. How can leaders become more aware of their own actions and how they affect their teams, particularly as they may be hybrid, co-located, remote? Well, I think um, being this kind of leader that uh, brings out the best in everyone and really utilizes the genius on your team, it it helps to start with this premise that um, most managers are actually having a diminishing effect on their team. And those that are, are often gathering up and using less than half of the available intelligence of the people who work for them. And, you know, you know, across the board, companies are probably leaving about 25 to 30% of the capability of their teams left unused. It also helps to understand that most of the diminishing that's happening is done accidentally meaning it's done with the best of intentions and it's hard to see. So self-awareness is is really key there. Now, it's hard for managers to see this diminishing effect, which is so easy for their employees to see. Now, it's hard to see because, you know, sometimes managers are doing it overtly. They're they're intimidating. They're maybe um, bossy, too commanding. And if that's the way you're having a diminishing effect, it's hard to see because nobody wants to tell that person. Right. Like no one wants to go down and sit and have a conversation with a bully about how they're bullying them. That's why everyone goes to the school principal right. on this. Um, it's we can also have a diminishing effect by um, being an absentee kind of leader, by neglecting, by not giving enough clarity, direction, leaving people hanging, which of course is exacerbated when people are working virtually. Well, that's hard to see as well because no one tells you because nobody actually sees you. <laughs> and then, you know, if you're having um, an accidentally diminishing effect, which is how most diminishing happens, it's hard to see because nobody wants to tell you because what you're doing is helping. You're trying to support them. What you're doing is um overleading and overmanaging with the very best of intentions. And sometimes it's hard to tell someone because you feel like you're going to hurt their feeling because they're trying hard. Um, now, of course, this gets harder when people are remote mm-hmm. because we don't have those accidental occasions, those little impromptu moments where we can provide that kind of upward feedback. So you have to ask. And of course, you know, Jennifer, you know, there's a wrong way to ask, which is like, Jennifer, am I a am I a diminisher? And I would say, of course not, Liz. Not you, you know, or you know, or even am I an accidental diminisher? The best way to ask is, how might I, with the very best of intentions, be having a diminishing impact? 
and people that, will you know. That is a really great insight um, because you then are giving them the leeway saying, I have the best of intent, help me understand how to get better. You know, one of the shifts that uh, you talk about in multipliers is as a leader, especially if you've come straight from being an individual contributor, a very successful into contributor is saying, well, I need to have all the answers. I'm the leader to no, I need to actually ask better questions and find out the intelligence that's in my team to the statistics you just gave me. What are some questions that leaders can ask that really access and amplify the intelligence of the team? You know, I think the best leaders, you know, of course, they, they ask the right questions, the questions that get people thinking about the right issues, the questions that focus intelligence and and energy. So I think it starts with asking more questions. Um, I like to give people the what I call the extreme question challenge. And it's not a way of permanently working, but to go into a meeting where you want to up your game as a leader who asks good questions and just try to ask nothing but questions. Try it once or twice. It's hard, but it'll help you see that so much of the thinking and the conversation that needs to happen, you as a leader can move forward just with a good question. So I would, you know, start by just trying to ask nothing but questions, asking better questions instead of closed questions, ask open questions. Um, instead of asking questions you already have an opinion or an answer to, ask questions you don't have an answer. Um, ask questions that challenge uh, the, the fundamental assumptions or thinking, I like the practice of having a set of back pocket questions. And honestly, Jennifer, this, this is like the lazy man's way of doing this. Because you know, I know people run from meeting to meeting and they don't have time to sit down and develop all the best questions. And uh, one of the things they can do is just have like five go-to questions as a leader. They could be as simple as, what do you think? What's your perspective on this issue? Uh, what are you concerned about? What are some of the downsides we haven't explored? Uh, are there any reasons why we shouldn't proceed? Or one of my favorites, and I think it's really important right now, like where might the data be misleading us? What of our assumptions here might not actually be true? And right. you know, if you just got a few of these in your back pocket, it can get you through almost any meeting. It's a great practice. You know, another that, that you've actually advised me around and one of my accidental uh, diminishing tendencies was a challenge around talking less and listening more. Now, of course, in the face of it, that sounds great. What are some practical ways that we can do that? Some of the challenges you issue. Well, um, if you want to get better at telling less and asking more, you might take the poker chip challenge. I keep a set of these on my desk. Let me see if I grab a few of them. And these are ironic. They're poker chips. I've never played poker in my life. I don't think I'd be very good at it. I don't have much of a poker face. Um, but I like to think of every time you make a contribution in a meeting, it's like you're playing a chip. You're kind of using some of your airtime you know, a little bit of your credibility in a meeting. And a lot of leaders are simply playing too many chips to the point where nobody else gets to contribute. Right. But also people tend to tune out leaders who are playing a lot of chips because they're always on. They, they become white noise in the organization. So if you were to take the, the 
poker chip challenge or play your chips challenge, you would just go into a meeting and say, I've got three chips here and I'm going to use them sparingly. I've watched executives do this uh, and it was excruciatingly difficult for them, like painful. Yeah. And they said it was one of the best things I've ever done because I realized that if I only get three or four contributions, I'm going to use them to do the kinds of things that only I can do. And everything else, I'm going to let my team step in. And I think good leaders have to create a vacuum. Like ask a question, don't answer it. And let other people come in. That's one's been very helpful for me. And like you said, extremely difficult, extremely difficult to hold back my chips. Um, and, And incredibly valuable in what you can see the team can do if you just hold back and talk less and listen more using the chip challenge. You know, you started this conversation and I'd like to end it around um, diminishing. Uh, And you mentioned accidental diminishers. My tendency to talk a lot actually served me very well as an individual performer. And so I accidentally are diminishing others. Um, Is there a common form of it in this new world of work with remote teams? Are there things that they can do that that you would just give your best hints and tips right now as there are so many different types of diminishers? Yeah, there's like nine ways we see people accidentally diminish. Um, You know, uh, the idea fountain, the always on leader, the rescuer, the pace center, the rapid responder. There's, There's several in the current work environment, there are some of these that get naturally um, minimized or abated. So the, it's hard to be an idea guy right now. I can't corner people to like spout off all of my ideas. You know, we tend to gather in these more structured ways online. It's a little hard to be always on. <laughs> you know, you can't be that kind of boss that's always in people's face because of working remotely. Um, you know, it's a little bit difficult to be a perfectionist right now. Like those of us who have perfectionist tendencies, like early days of the pandemic probably like beat this out of us that most of us are having to work in new and scrappier ways. It's hard to get it right all the time. So if you've got some of those accidental diminisher tendencies, you may have been helped by the pandemic and the new world work. As we go back into the office, we need to be careful not to go back into those modes. Now, there are some that have been not um, abated, but exacerbated. This current work environment is bait for rescuing. Uh, For for seeing that someone's struggling to learn something new or to um, solve a problem and just even cope. And it's so easy as a manager to sense it and to swoop in and help. You're doing it with the best of intentions. But what happens is people aren't learning. They're not going to build that kind of resiliency. And the burden becomes really heavy on the leader's shoulders. Um, The protector is another accidental diminishing tendency where we're kind of like protecting people from hardship and difficulty. And I'm a little embarrassed because I've gotten myself into this mode as people on my team have been struggling, particularly parents with young kids. Uh, My kids are almost grown and gone. And so as I've seen them just struggling with, I'm like, okay, you do the easy stuff. I'll do the hard stuff. And I've been pulling back so much of that hard stuff. And then I'm like, okay, now I can't function. And other people are 
are becoming like disengaged. And so I've had to watch for this. Um, optimism can be an accidentally diminishing tendency. Jennifer, would, would I be fair to say that might be one of yours? Like yes. I have a feeling. That's fair. It's perf- my, my accidental, the ones I really watch out for are optimism and perfectionist. Yeah, which are which is a very interesting combination. Can I just point out, like, <laughs> in some way that that's tricky to do um, to pull those two things together. But I, I suffer from this like optimistic tendency, and right now, as things are tough, it's so easy to want to go into optimist mode. Oh, we're just around the corner from the recovery. Okay, we're going to be back soon. It's going to get better. And sometimes, as a manager, uh, we can be so optimistic and so focused on the upside that we haven't really validated the the downside. And right now we need to let people know what you're going through is hard. This is difficult. We don't have answers. There's a lot that we don't know. There are things that we do know, and I think we'll get through this, but really signaling the struggle. And another one is rapid responder. And boy, has the current work environment really made it difficult for people to leave some time to pause and to think and to sort it out because we're just trying to stay on top of things. Um, Not good for anyone. Well, Liz, I appreciate you joining us. And I hope our listeners, viewers will join us for one other episode we have with you. Well, we're focused on how all of our uh, multiplier mind shifts, shifts can help us build resilience in our team. Thanks, Liz. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer.